Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of K-Axis Wrestling Network. Today we will be discussing TNA slash Impact Wrestling, the May 17th, 2018 edition. So, let's get right into it. Okay, we're going to start by talking about the opening of the show, which um, started with like promotional content for the, uh, the tag team main event, which was between, um, what was those guys' names? Um, it was Austin Aries and uh, Matt Seidel versus... Two guys from Lucha Underground. Uh, I'll get into those names later on. I can't remember them all right off the top of my head right now. But, um, you know, because there's, there's so much to think about, you know, when you discuss pro wrestling. And this is actually uh, the very first edition, you know, that I'm actually doing on uh, Impact Wrestling. Because, you know, I figured I'd switch it up, you know, do something a little different, you know, to address, um, you know, the second biggest wrestling promotion in America. You know, even though a lot of people won't admit that, but I will. So um, here we are. So we have, you know, the opening of the show, which consisted of a video package um, of the tag team main event of, uh, yeah, Matt Seidel and Austin Aries versus the two guys from Lucha Underground. And then we have the video package, um, an extended video package of uh, recent events of, like, Brian Cage's domination. Um, you know, of course, the clips of him uh, defeating Bobby Lashley twice and going all, over, all around the world and just dominating there, too, and, you know, all over the place. Um... Then the whole Sammy Callahan attacking uh, the Impact VP, Don Callis. And then the uh, Rosemary and Sue Young rivalry thing. And then we crashed to a, uh, the, you know, the opening video. It was the opening video of Impact, you know. And then we got on to uh, match number one right off the top. Um, this was a World Tag Team Championship match, which consisted of the challengers, Zima Ion, which I still call him, a.k.a. DJ Z. Uh, and Andrew Everett versus Eli Drake and Scott Steiner, who are the tag team champions, and which is pretty odd, by the way. I'll, I'll throw that out there. It's a pretty odd tag team of Eli Drake and Scott Steiner. You know, Scott Steiner actually still wrestles at the age of 55. I mean, like seriously, like I'm not trying to make fun of this guy, but like 55 is really, really, really pushing it in the wrestling business. You know, and with Big Papa Pump, it shows, like his age shows, um, He's extremely slow in the ring, um, and he's just so out of shape. You can just see it, you know, and he just has to wear a shirt now. And it's like, you know, at this point, it'd be pretty much inappropriate to refer to him as Big Papa Pump because, you know, the pump is not there anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he flexes now, it's probably just going to be a bunch of flab. But um, anyway, not to get too far off into that, but just, you know, another thing i, I got to throw in there is the fact that, you know, Scott Steiner will be 56 in two months. So the man is 56 years old, and I hope he's not still wrestling at that point because, you know, at this point, you might as well already consider him 56 years old. I mean, he's really, really old in the business. Um, he, at this point, I don't think he should be wrestling, you know, just for the sake of his own good and, you know, for his family and whatnot. But um, anyway, let's move along here. Uh, the match started off with Eli Drake and Andrew Everett, and then uh, DJ Z, a.k.a. Zima Ion, was tagged in. And, uh, you know, Steiner was tagged in, you know, and once again, I got to mention, he was—he looked really slow in there. He looked really old. You know, his age was definitely showing in that match. Um, you know, then Scott Steiner, um, he hit Eli Drake with a chair. Pretty much this is how the match ended. He hit Eli Drake with a chair from the outside of the ring. Um, it was an accidental hit, of course, because I think his, his intended target was um, DJ Z or it might even been Andrew Everett. I can't even really remember, but honestly, uh, that's how the match ended. Um... Andrew Everett, you know, um, he hit a standing shooting star press on Eli Drake, and he got the three count. Um, 
do I think he should have gotten over on Eli Drake so easily? I don't think so. Um, Eli Drake, uh, he was he's honestly one of the best talents that they have, but they don't really push him as such. Um, he was, you know, the Impact World Champion for a while, but, you know, the way I see it, it was too little too late, and that also showed and how they were pushing him and, you know, things like that. I mean, he didn't get as much mic time. He didn't have his, you know, his show segments like he used to, like before they put the belt on him. Um, you know, his um, his fact of life show and, you know, like what happened to that? You know what I'm saying? It's like they never know how to push the most talented wrestlers that they have on their roster. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of how they did Chris Daniels when he was in uh, TNA. You know, they just never knew how to push him. They never knew how to use him. Um, it's just a shame, really. It's just a waste of talent the way I see it because Eli Drake has it. I mean, he has it in the mic. He has it in the ring. He has the look. You know, he has everything. You know, he's the whole package, but TNA just doesn't use him, you know, properly. And I think that's a shame. You know, it's it's a real, real shame. Um, yeah, and, and uh, Andrew Everett, he got over on Eli Drake rather easily the way I see it. You know, a standing shooting star press should not put away your, you know, former world champion. You know, and, and it wasn't too long ago that Eli Drake was the champion. It was like earlier this year. So, you know, that's kind of disappointing. You know, like one of the... X Division guys, you know what I'm saying, put him away rather easily in that match, and I don't really see the sense in that, I don't know why they did that, but then again, I mean, you know, it could be said about a lot of things that happened in TNA slash Impact Wrestling over the years that would make you ask, why on earth did they do this, you know, but anyway, let's move along here, um, so after that match, we got on into a backstage segment, where uh, Zima and, uh, I, I still call him Zima, I call him Zima Ion or Zima, you know what I'm saying? You can call him DJ Z, but I call him Zima. But Zima and Andrew Everett were backstage, um, you know, celebrating their new championship victory over Eli Drake and Scott Steiner. Um, I don't know. I really don't know what to say sometimes about wrestling when things like that happen. Um, I, the way I see it, it was bad booking. It was bad writing. I mean, I don't know who came up with this idea, um, but I think it was pretty foolish to say the least. Um, and honestly, just to put Eli Drake and Scott Steiner together as a tag team was pretty foolish as well because, like, where did they come up with that? Like, what what's the story behind that, you know? How does that make sense? I don't know. But anyway, uh, then there was more of a uh, backstage segment, which was, consisted of Josh Matthews and Madison Rain. Uh, she made her return, you know, on that episode. And they pretty much briefly discussed her return, and that's pretty much all that amounted to. And then we moved on to match number two of the night, um, which consisted of Kiara Hogan um, and versus Tessa Blanchard, who recently joined uh, Impact Wrestling. And this was that was actually Tessa Blanchard's debut match. And um, let me see. For the most part, I remember that match being a pretty much a showcase of Tessa Blanchard. You know, and uh, she she did really good. I mean, she looked really good in there. I mean, she did not look bad at all. She was in excellent physical condition. You know, just excellent. You know, I mean, she looks like a real star. I mean, you know, and she's playing a heel very well. You know, she's really good at playing the heel role from what I can see, and I got to give her credit where credit is due. Um, like somebody online, somebody on Instagram had mentioned her being like um, like a TNA's version of Charlotte. You know, um, honestly, I can kind of compare her to that as well because I can see her being that level of a wrestler in the future. You know, um, as long as she has more matches and she has more competition and, you know, she goes over, like, bigger names in the business, you know, I can definitely see her being somebody, like, you know, on, like, Charlotte's level of, like, 
just talent and abilities and everything else. Um, she might even be even better than Charlotte. Who knows? I mean, wait until we see more of her. I mean, I think I don't I don't think we've truly seen the best of uh, Tessa Blanchard yet. You know, and that's case closed. But um, pretty much. Let's get to the result of that match. The result of that match, of course, you know, Tessa Blanchard won that. Um, she beat her with a diamond cutter. And um, let me see, uh, Tessa Blanchard, she attacked Kiera Hogan after the match, and that's pretty much where uh, Madison Rain came out to make the save. And, you know, uh, she, actually she was at the commentary table. Madison Rain had left the commentary table and, uh, you know, ran down to the ring to make the save. Um, and she pretty much, you know, tossed Tessa Blanchard off of uh, Kiara Hogan and chased Blanchard out of the ring, and that was pretty much the end of that. So, I don't know. You know, the match wasn't awful. It just, you know, it was a rather quick one, to say the very least. And then we had another segment. Um, we had a mystery attack. Uh, you know, somebody had, somebody had attacked uh, Joseph Park, a.k.a. Abyss, backstage, and um, he was the... Let me see. Um, I don't know. It was just a weird segment, to say the very least. Um, who's, who attacked him? Who knows? It was possibly uh, Congo Kong. I mean, or maybe somebody else. Maybe it was somebody new that they're planning on bringing into uh, TNA slash Impact Wrestling. Anyway, then there was a backstage segment. Again, um, this was where uh, it was Congo Kong and Jimmy Jacobs, his manager. And I think he had... Um, it was also uh, Grado and uh, Winter. That's, yeah, they used to call her Winter. Now she's known as Katarina. And I believe that's her real name, by the way. Um, and then we had another segment, which consisted of uh, Sammy Callahan. The whole, actually, it wasn't a segment between uh, Callahan and Edwards. It was pretty much just a recap of what had happened between them over you know, recent weeks, recent months, what have you. Um, let me see, then there was a backstage segment of Pentagon Jr. and Phantasma. They had a little promo segment for a moment. And then we moved on to match number three, which consisted of Grado versus Congo Kong. Um, Grado, he's pretty much like the, um, the Santino Morella of TNA at this point, or maybe even the Doink the Clown or the Eugene character from WWE. Um, or what, pretty much or what uh, Eric Young used to be when he was in TNA before they actually you know, let him take on serious roles in the, you know, in the company. Um, and then, let me see, that match, uh, Grado and Congo Kong, pretty much there was just no physique in sight, you know. Um, it looks like neither one of those guys really hit the gym, but uh, Congo Kong is talented, to say the very least, but, it, you know, they really should try to get him to get into better shape. You know, that's all I can say about that. Um, he put Grado away with a body splash from the top rope, which uh, someone of that size, you wouldn't really expect him to do but you know he did it you know and that's just one of the standout things that Congo Kong does I mean he actually does have talent he's actually a talented wrestler but at the same time I really feel like they should push him to get into better physical condition now uh, with that being said let me see there was a um, I say that match it was okay it wasn't a bad match it wasn't an awful match so I'd say the I would rate that match a three out of five, somewhere in that category, you know. Um, and then pretty much Congo was ready to destroy Grado after the match. He had tossed him into the steps, and then he was ready to set up the steps on the side of the apron and pretty much run his face into it, like they like he had done um, John Morrison or uh, what do they call him Johnny Impact over there. Uh, it, it, he did that like a couple weeks ago, I think. 
something like that. Um, yeah, but it wasn't that long ago, just to throw it in there. And then pretty much Moose came out for the save, and, uh, and I guess that's pretty much telling you that, you know, they're leading up to a match between Moose and Congo Kong. So, moving along with another backstage segment, we had LAX, you know, they entered the building, and they were confronted by Trevor Lee and Caleb Connolly. And, let me see, um, I don't know, I don't think they really got anywhere. I think they just kind of, like, exchanged a few words and kept going. Then we had Tommy Dreamer and Eddie Edwards, um, you know, backstage, I guess Tommy Dreamer was trying to give him a pep talk or something. I can't remember exactly what happened, so correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and then we move on into match number four, which consisted of Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan, but this took place at Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore, and this was a street fight. So this is pretty much everything you could expect from a hardcore match or a street fight. You know, you had your lead pipes, you know, um, your kendo sticks, your steel chairs, and things like that. And at some point, uh, Sammy Callahan had executed a Death Valley driver on Eddie Edwards on the ramp. Um, and that, you know, that was a pretty crucial move, you know. And then we had, uh, let me see, Sammy Callahan, had, you know, he had hit a pretty sick suplex on Eddie Edwards across like two chairs in the seated position. So, uh, you know, that's one of those moves that, you know, it just looks like it really, really hurts. You know, one of those moves that you just cannot fake, you know. But um, anyway, uh, Eddie Edwards, you know, he won. You know, he hit the Boston knee party match over. And, you know, he pretty much was willing to give Callahan more punishment after the match. But, you know, Tommy Dreamer and staff and everybody else came up running out there to pull Eddie Edwards off of him because, you know, things were about to go too far. Um, I really feel like that feud um, is pretty much the best feud that Eddie Edwards had in uh, TNA so far because, you know, all the other ones that he had, like EC3 and uh, Lashley and um, who else was it? EC3, Lashley, and who else was it? He might have had a feud with Mike Bennett. I don't, Mike Bennett, you know, he was just, he was there for a short amount of time, but I can't remember, I can't remember everything he did while he was there. But, you know, like the way I see it, you know, in my opinion, I believe this Edwards and Callahan feud is it's the best one that Edwards has had yet. Um, also, yeah, Ed, Edwards also had a feud with his former partner, Davey Richards. That's right. That one um, that one was pretty good, too. But, you know, at the same time, um, I just feel like this Callahan one is deeper. It's much deeper. I feel like it's everything that the Eddie Edwards and uh, Davey Richards feud should have been. You know, but anyway, moving along to match number five, there was Cage versus Facade. And uh, this match didn't take place in the Impact Zone either. This one actually was aired from uh, Destiny World Wrestling in Canada. And, uh, you know, Cage won via the Weapon X, you know, and that's that was a wrap. Um, Cage, Brian Cage, a very, very talented athlete. Um, the first time I had seen him wrestle was actually in Lucha Underground. He was over there, and, um, you know, he's just, he was impressive over there as well. But, you know what I'm saying, but... I had first seen him there. I wasn't too impressed. I don't know. I guess I was just kind of reading him too fast. You know, he's just another muscled-up big guy, you know. But at the same time, you know, now that I look at him, now that I look at what he does in a wrestling ring, it's pretty impressive. Like, the guy is really good at what he does without a shadow of a doubt. You know, I can't take that away from him. Um, I'm actually surprised that he didn't end up in WWE because, you know, he would be the perfect guy, you know, that Vince McMahon would love to sign, you know, like the, the guy that's like all muscle and just, you know, greasy and built and super strong and got all the power moves, you know. Um, his mic skills, I'm not too sure about yet. Um, I still haven't seen a whole lot of him 
as far as like what he can do on the microphone and what he can do as a character, but what he can do in the ring is pretty amazing, you know, and that's pretty much what I have to say about Brian Cage so far. All right, moving along, uh, we had a, um, all right, after that, after that match, um, they still didn't have another match in the Impact Zone. They pretty much just ran a match from the uh, Global Wrestling Network that they have, and it was Austin Aries versus Brian Kendrick. Uh, it was one of the TNA Classics. And, uh, you know, that was a really good match, really impressive match, great talents within that match. Um, Austin Aries and Brian Kendrick, uh, both very, very good at what they do. Um, you know, respect to both athletes because they're two of the best ever. And, you know, of course, of course uh, Austin Aries, he won that match. Then we move to a backstage segment after they ran that match. Um, it was KM and Fala Bob. Pretty much uh, the same thing. Um, KM just trying to be the bully guy again. Tr pretty much trying to be the Biff Tannen of TNA or Impact Wrestling, you know. And then we moved on to another segment where we had, uh, it was the funeral of Rosemary, um, courtesy of Sue Young. Um, it was a really, really weird gothic ritual type thing, you know. Um, it was supposed to be like a funeral. Um, pretty nutty, pretty wild stuff there. Um, it, it definitely made things, I guess, more interesting, more unique, but, you know, to their product. Um, you know, and I can't really take anything away from that. It was fine. It was dandy. You know, um, I actually haven't seen the match that they had or the brawl or a war or feud that they had or whatever it was. Because, like I said, I mean, I tune in every once in a while. I don't watch TNA or Impact, you know, like I used to. But, um... I'd like to. It's just, I just don't feel like it's that appealing anymore, you know. Um, and I'm sure a lot of former TNA slash Impact fans feel the same way. Um, but anyway, just to move along here, we have, uh, then we had the main event, and this was the tag team match between uh, Austin Aries and Matt Seidel versus uh, Phantasma and Pentagon Jr. from Lucha Underground, at, or AAA, whatever you want to call it. All right, so. All right, we had a couple botches in that match, and you know, I can't remember. I can't remember exactly what those botches were, but there were a couple of matches. It wasn't a bad match. Um, the match was actually pretty good. Um, was it worthy of the main event? I don't know. I wouldn't say that it was, but you know, it's good that it was because that was honestly probably the best match that they had of the night. You know, actually, it was because I can't remember anything else that topped it. Um, as far as you know, what they did in the Impact Zone. So. Um, Anyway, let me see. The TNA guys went over in that match. Um, let me see. Uh, actually, actually, hold up. Wait a minute. What am I? What am I doing? What am I thinking here? Actually, the TNA guys didn't go over. Um, the TNA guys. This is this is this was the two issues that I saw in this match. Okay, you had the botches from the um, the Lucha Underground guys, and then you had uh, the TNA guys overselling. You know, they were overselling. And, um, you know, that was just two of the things that I like to bring up about that match. Anyway, uh, then we had the, you know, uh, the winner of the match. The winners of the match were Phantasma and Pentagon Jr. And Matt Seidel ate the pin in that one. Okay, so that's pretty much the wrap-up of the show. That's everything that they had to offer. Um, what did I think of the show? Like I said, um, I don't think it was great. I didn't expect anything great. Um, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen anything great from TNA slash Impact, so I don't know when to expect or if I'll expect to see anything great from Impact again. I just hope that I do. You know, um, 
I'm sure, you know, I mean, honestly, I'm not knocking the product entirely. I'm just saying, like, when you compare me to, like, most people online, like, most people online don't give the company any chance whatsoever. I still do to a certain extent, but it's just I don't expect a lot. You know, that's pretty much the way I lay it out. But anyway, um, this is pretty much the end of this episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. You know, follow, like, rate, subscribe. Uh, go to the website at kaxiswrestling.com and uh, donate via PayPal or GoFundMe, whatever you choose. Um, you know, there's many ways you could support my show. Like I said, like, follow, sub subscribe, share, whatever you choose. I'm on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. You know, I'm everywhere. Uh, my most preferred social media platform is Twitter. So that's where you can find the most of my action, most of my tweets and everything else. Um, Instagram would be my second. Um, and I'm, not, I'm honestly not that big of a fan of uh, Facebook. Um, YouTube is fine, but I just don't post a lot of stuff there, at least not yet. Um, anyway, this is the end. Um, I'm your host, K-Axis, signing off for K-Axis Wrestling Network. You guys have a good one, have a good time, stay safe, and don't do anything I wouldn't do. So, I will see you guys next time. Have a good one.